Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey, hey now. What's going on? How are you? Good. Last day of the election campaign today, Kat. Good. Thank God. Get the commercials off. Get the signs down. Fucking sick of it already. <laughs> The uh, (laughs) signs will come down. They should be down actually by the end of the day Friday. They don't have a whole lot of time to get those done. But uh, Angus Reid is out with a new poll that says people are not excited about their choices with this election tomorrow. (laughs) You don't say. Polls say that the PCs are poised to win a second majority and that neither the NDP nor the Liberals have pulled away enough to become the clear second place challenger. This is from Angus Reid. And no disrespect to the pollsters. I think the polls are wrong. I think they're very, very wrong. They're always wrong. The, the polls have this as a, a coronation of Doug Ford for a second majority government. And that's still possible. Absolutely. But it's going to come down to who votes and voter turnout. That's a big issue. And it's going to come down to that moment of serenity when it's just you and your ballot. And I think there's a lot of people who are going to struggle that even think they've got their mind made up now or they're probably going to vote one way that are going to second guess that when it comes time to vote tomorrow. So what I think is the Green Party is going to do better than most people are expecting. I don't know if it'll mean more seats, but I think they're going to get a lot of votes. I think there's a lot of PC supporters that don't want to support Doug Ford after everything that happened for the last two years and this shitty campaign he's run where he didn't really answer any questions or do anything. I think that he's uh, uh, I think there's some PC voters who are going to go green. I think the uh, liberals and NDP are probably going to do a little better than the polls are expecting. What will the end result be? We don't know. But we do know that people are not excited about their choice for premier in particular. Doug Ford is the number one choice, but only at 35 percent, 35 percent think he'd be the best choice for premier. Andrea Horvath is in second place at 20 percent in a statistical tie with not sure. (laughs) I love being right beside not sure. It's like. Okay, thanks. <laughs> but at what point, you know, can't the chief electoral officer come out and say, listen, we've had our ear to the ground. We've been following your posts. We're, we're seeing these, uh, these poll numbers come out, and we realize none of these people are of interest to you guys. There aren't a whole lot of liberals that are standing up demanding Stephen Del Duca be the next premier of Ontario. There's not a lot of NDP supporters that are thrilled about Andrea Horvath. And we all know the PCs are completely split on Doug and whether or not he even deserves a second term. I think voter turnout's going to be shit tomorrow for sure. But you know what I thought of when I was thinking this this week? Just like the, the thought of, because I haven't voted yet, just the thought of having to go there and do it. I would like it to be kind of like when you order um, something for the second time. You know, you like hop online. To, maybe it's food, right? Maybe it's DoorDash. They're like, would you like to order this again? Why can't they do that with elections? Like if we're like, uh, you know what? I'll probably just take the same shit as last time. Uh-huh. You know, can't we just have that option? Because I feel like voter turnout would be better if we were just like, yeah, same thing as last time, I think is what I'd like to do. Can't we just like cut the lines and everything else that we all just loathe and not look forward to on election day by just saying, same, same as last time. I'll just take that order, please. Here's a suggestion, and this is going to expand on what you're suggesting. 
why don't you just have kind of like your your monthlies, like your Netflix and stuff like that? It's just going to keep auto renewing. So it rolls you, over. You go and vote <laughs> just- once. And until you change your vote, it'll just automatically keep voting green or PC or liberal or NDP. That might yeah, be good. Sure. And you can pause at any time if you decide, no, I don't even want to tell you what I like. Fine. Hit pause. You can flip sides. You can just switch, switch a color, switch a team anytime. I like it. Doug's doing another rally tonight at another banquet hall in Etobicoke. Fuck, does he ever love those banquet halls? He's doing rallies because rallies, you can't ask any questions. He just gets up and gives a speech and gets all the supporters all riled up. Yeah, you want to be surrounded by positivity. Maybe is that like the what, that what he's going for? Like he's just surrounded by people who like him for the most part. I shouldn't say that entirely because I'm I have no doubt about it. There's people hanging out outside the venue, for example, maybe a couple inside that are going to be hecklers and people who don't like you. Well, he'll have you arrested if that happens. But that's the thing is, like, if you're running the show... If you're, I'm kidding, by the way. That was a joke. No, yeah, but if you're running the show, right, the chances are that you're going to be, I don't know, maybe have a have a say in who come, who attends. Is that the case? Is that how that works, by the way? I wouldn't, I couldn't even tell you. I've never been to a political rally in my life, and I'm not interested in going to one. But if I were to want to go one, and let's say I was disguised as, a, as someone who loves the liberals or the NDP or something like that, how do they not know I'm just going to heckle and be a big asshole once I go in there? I, I believe it's a one strike and you're out policy. Okay. So you can go and you, you can get your chirp in, yeah. but it's not going to matter much. It probably won't end up on television and, oh. and you just won't be allowed back. Oh, I mean, losers do it. Don't get me wrong. I was just curious if there was like a, hey, welcome and prove to, that you are a fan of me and now you may enter. Do you know, do you know the secret password to enter? The NDP and the Green Party are doing a ton of stops in Brant and Waterloo and uh, southwestern Ontario. Stephen Del Duca is hanging around in Toronto today. He's going to a Jamaican patty restaurant to talk about how great it'll be when they take the HST off of prepared foods under $20. <laughs> Jamaican patty. He just talk, He was just thinking about what he wanted to have for lunch, wasn't he? And then, uh, yeah. He has, By the way, might as well, right? Dude, take the fucking vest off. It's 30 degrees. Take the vest off. I get that that's the look you want and you want us to forget what you used to look like just two months ago, but take off the fucking vest. Come on. Can I ask you something too, speaking of Del Duca, and I know there's a few things to talk about, but I was I was reading an article, whatever, it was attached to an article of Del Duca when he was in Kitchener. He was in Kitchener, what was it? When was, was that yesterday or the yesterday. day before? Just yesterday. Okay, so just yesterday's team is in, in uh, Kitchener and the team parks on a road and people actually went out of their way to figure out that where his team parked was in a no parking zone. Right. Contacted the city to confirm this and then demanded that he be charged. Yep. (sighs) I just don't know the people who have the time. I really don't. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that came out of that Angus Reid poll that we were just talking about is half of voters in Ontario are casting ballots to keep a party they don't like out of power rather than a party they want to see in power. There's a lot of hatred here. And if that's the play, if that's the headline they're looking for, like, oh my God, Del Duca went to Kitchener and parked illegally. Well, <laughs> I mean, so he wasn't driving. And, and if somebody parked illegally, yeah, they should probably get a ticket. Yeah. They have a ton of money. They can afford to pay the ticket. Sure. But it's just such a weird just thing. Stupid. to. You weren't there. You weren't inconvenienced by the person parked on the side of the road. So why do you care if they get charged? I mean, it's just a stupid to me. And I don't care who it is. I don't care if it was him, if it was Doug Ford, Andrew Horvath's team. I don't, I don't care who it was that did it. I just found it so funny. Like, you have to go so out of your way to try to get like a, something negative about them that that's what you've landed on. That's what you've landed on. I don't get it. Illegally parked. Oh, my God. Fuck. They parked. Double parked. Oh. Holy shit.
Steve does play fast and loose with municipal bylaws, in all fairness. Let's not forget his pool that he had put in. I suppose if you have a record of it, right, then it just adds fuel to the flame. But otherwise, it's not going to change people's minds. So I don't know what the purpose is of digging for that. Nobody's mind has changed right now or changing. I was going to vote for that son of a bitch until he parked illegally. That's what I'm thinking. Like, as I'm scrolling and going, I haven't voted yet. I'm not looking at that and being like, well, fuck that guy. I'm not doing it. Well, I think that there is Del Duca is making this last minute Hail Mary. Don't vote for the NDP. We're the only party that can stop Doug Ford. I mean, that's just a flat out fucking lie. And it's disrespectful to Andrea Horvath and to Mike, Mike Schreiner. So, Steve, cut the shit. You've got one day to try and promote yourself in your platform. Stop trying to make people leave the NDP by scaring them. This is a very common tactic. The liberals do it all the time. They're trying to make people that are NDP supporters that believe in NDP principles and Green Party supporters that believe in green uh, initiatives, trying to scare them into voting for the liberals just because they think that's the only way to stop Doug Ford. That is absolutely untrue. It is a lie. And when Stephen Del Duca says that, he's lying to your face. If you are an NDP supporter and you believe in the NDP, go ahead and vote for the NDP. If you're a Green Party supporter, vote Green. You don't need to be scared by this this disgusting, gross campaign that Steve Del Duca has been running for the last few days, which is nothing but throwing mud. Now, Doug's campaign... Is he even still campaigning? Like, it seems like he quit a couple of days ago. He isn't really doing anything or taking any questions. And when he does come out, it's really only just for a rally and photo ops and pictures. I I, I get that they're trying to play it safe, but they've really insulated the guy. This has got to be like the fourth or fifth time this guy's gone MIA in four years. Does that mean you're confident, by the way, if you do decide decide not to actively campaign the day before uh, the election? You you. To me, that alludes that it would be confidence. But at the same time, if you think about it, maybe it's like the opposite. Like, don't say anything stupid in the next 24 hours. That's exactly what it is. So is that what it is? Yeah, they're trying to keep him uh, hidden away so he doesn't say anything dumb and change people's minds. The thing is, in the last week, there's been some things that came out that gave people a negative impression of Ford. Abascus did a a poll. and, And I saw that just in the last week, Doug's actually lost a lot of support. They're just because he's not answering questions. And when the opposition throws things out like, well, what's going on with this? And he's nowhere to be found. It raises red flags. I I don't think that this was a lock as far as the strategy is concerned. But again, we'll find out when the results of the election come in. Either way, none of it's good. We all deserve way better than we're getting. And if we wake up on Friday morning and it's a minority PC government or it's a liberal minority government, or even an NDP minority government. Even if the Greens are the opposition, none of that would surprise me because people are really, really struggling with this one, myself included. I voted for Doug four years ago. I'm having a real hard time with this campaign because I remember the last two years. Actually, I remember the last four years. And there's been too much shit that's happened that, that makes me think, I just don't know. You know, you're almost endorsing it if you cast a ballot for it. And one of the guys that I follow on Twitter, I think he's from this area, actually put it really, really well yesterday. He said the worst case scenario is Doug Ford wins on Friday. The worst case scenario is Doug Ford loses on Friday. Yeah, it's, it's, that's how I feel. Like you know, I, I'm definitely. We don't like, want him to win, or I don't want to vote for him, but I still want him to win because I don't like the other guys. It seems to be what people are going through and wrestling with. It's a fear of the unknown for me. 
Like, you know what I mean? When you know your enemy, even if you don't, I know enemy, that sounds strong, but you know something bad and it's right in front of you, but you know what to expect from that. And you have a feeling, you know, but then you look over there and you're like, well, this could go better, but man, I really don't fucking know. This could be, this could be worse. See, I look at it a different way. I think we do know these people. We know all about Andrea Horvath because we've seen her in Queens Park for so long. We've never seen her as premier, but we know how she operates. Stephen Del Duca. He was there. He was the right-hand man to Dalton McGinty and Kathleen Wynne. When all the shit that happened that made you that angry four years ago that you reduced them from a majority government to seven seats, when all of that anger was being built up, Steve Del Duca was right there for the whole thing. He was the right-hand man to Kathleen Wynne. So we know exactly what a Stephen Del Duca government's going to look like. We can pretty much envision what an Andrea Horvath government would look like. And the Doug Ford one is very on again, off again. He comes out and he does some shit and then he goes away and just disappears like a groundhog for a little while. (laughs) You know, there's still a lot of questions that we never got to ask Doug during this campaign because he wouldn't take questions and wouldn't do interviews. I'm sorry, but five questions in a scrum is not an interview. And he's been doing that shit since the beginning of COVID. Who the fuck is Arthur? We still haven't found that oh, out. Oh, is Arthur? Oh, Arthur. Is Arthur around? You know, like we just can't get to the guy to ask him any questions. And I don't know how that's accountability. And yet even at that, I'm still thinking I haven't written him off yet. I still haven't written him off. I just don't like the way he's operating right now. And listen, if we wake up on Friday and Doug Ford is not the premier or he's not the premier of a majority government, he has no one to blame but himself because there was nothing in this campaign where he came and said something that inspired me to think, I want to go and vote for you. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this campaign has done that. We'll, we'll hold off on it. And but- by the way, I don't even get to use that new fucking highway because I don't go that way. So putting your entire election fortune on a highway that really only services a select area doesn't do anything for most people. Right. Right. And there's a lot of money that was distributed throughout as well that you really didn't get a chance to grab at. I didn't get any of it. Yeah, you didn't get any of it. So I understand the frustration. I think that there's, I I don't know, we'll do our predictions tomorrow is what I was trying to say. What we'll do is, because tomorrow is election day, we'll hold off on our actual predictions. We'll do them tomorrow. Okay. I mean, that's still a tough one because I really don't know how it's going to go. But I don't believe the polls. I I think that when the votes are counted, they're going to be very different from how the polls look. But that's just a guess. Um, The Bank of Canada is going to raise interest rates today a half point. Yippee-doo. They raised it a half point in March. Sorry, a quarter point in March. A half point in April, which was the biggest hike in 22 years, and now they're going to do it again with another half point increase today. We've talked about it. You can go back and listen to past episodes. I'm very, very concerned. I don't know how people can afford that. It's going to really put a lot of people in a shitty spot, and they're doing it with a smile on their face, insisting this is what's best for you. Canada, this is what you need. Oh, you didn't like those housing prices and the uh, uh, the inflation, which, by the way, had nothing to do with the Canadian people. It was all the Canadian government. Well, now they're going to stick us with the bill via rising interest rates. And once those prices start going up, we're in a lot of shit, everybody. If, the, if you know anybody at the Bank of Canada, I don't know, take their phone. <laughs> Lock them up. Don't let them come out and do this today because it is it not, not going to be good. Uh, let's get to a couple of other things. If you walked into a McDonald's and the employee was singing, would you be happy about that? 
what are they singing? Maybe that matters. Just humming to themselves, singing to themselves or what? Because I have been to places where they sing out loud. Richard Walker, a McDonald's worker in Liverpool, sings to customers while he's on the job. Yeah. There was a spot that I went to and I wish I remember the name of it. It was it was somewhere I know it was somewhere in Ontario and I was traveling at the time, but they're known for singing to their customers. It's like a chicken place. Oh, and and you get the people behind the counter and they all know a bunch of songs. So basically, I think if you sign up to work at this place, you have to learn several songs. It's kind of like when you work at a restaurant, you got to learn the birthday song, except they have to learn like 15 different songs and they continuously sing them. And whoever's available to sing just sings. But they'll sing. (laughs) They'll sing your order out loud. And I I can't get it out of my head, Scott. I can't get it. I can still remember this older man who took the orders and read the little leaflets and, and sang it out loud. And it was it kind of, at first it's kind of awkward to listen to because you're sitting there like, okay, they're singing out my order. It's kind of fucking weird. But after a while, it kind of catches on and everyone's kind of singing the songs. And he's like, chicken on a bun, 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 no mayo, extra ketchup and some cheese. And they all just like sing along. I'm not kidding you. And it's like a place known for it. And when I went there, I just remember being like, what the fuck is happening? I would pull out my wallet, slap down my credit card, charge it, I'll take it to go. I don't want to hear this anymore. Oh, no, it That's doesn't matter. Weird. It doesn't matter, though. They're making your order. Oh, this guy wants a chicken on the side and an extra sauce on the side, too. And they fucking sing these songs based on people's orders. And there's like a, there was a pickle song at one point. It was crazy. Uh, this guy sings semi-current hits to the customers while they're waiting for their order. He has performed in the past This Is How We Do It from Montel Jordan. Great. Just, Great song. Just The Way You Are, Bruno Mars. Beautiful. Backstreet Boys, As Long As You Love Me, Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud. Okay. Well, those are kind of, those are a little, those are very personal songs. Those are not things I want to hear from the person who's making my Big Mac. You know, one, there's a couple in there. I'm like, okay, but that's very personal. Like, could you imagine? Like, they're looking in you in the eye and they're like, ride it, my pony, (laughs) shit like that. That's why it gets really weird. There's certain (laughs) ones that are okay, right? Other ones, you draw the line. My anaconda, don't want none unless you got buns, hon. Like, I'm leaving. Okay, if, if Baby Got Back came on, I might stick around for that because I know all the words. It's easy. Um, okay, I'm going to apologize in advance because I know not everybody likes this term. But it's not my term. It's the site's term. The term is cougar. That's the woman dating someone who is 10 years or more younger than she is. You've all heard it. Cougar. What would the male equivalent be? Somebody texted us this morning. It's a, it's a, it's a man. Manguire? 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 Was that what it was? Now I forget. I don't remember. In any case, if a woman is dating someone 10 years or more younger than they are, they're called a cougar. So for the sake of keeping this easy, I'm going to keep saying the word cougar, even though I don't necessarily love the term. But there's a dating site, and it's Canadian. It's called CougarLife.com. Manther. Manther. Thank you very much. You can be a cougar or, or a, a manther. Even that's kind of weird. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It sounds like a species of spider or something. Yeah, I don't like it. In any case, Cougar Life asked their members, and they brought in a fairly reputable polling firm to try and get to the bottom of what's going on here. And they found out that one of the top reasons that a woman might be a cougar dating someone much younger is because younger guys are more open-minded. More open, like in what way? 
I don't know. Like sexually? Uh, um, yeah. Um, what, to, what, what, what kind of shit do you guys want to do? To, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, and maybe it's not sexually, though. I mean, if it's not sexually, it could be like the course of which you want your life to go. Could it be something to that? Like you have because when you're younger, you're a little more free to make your to make changes. Right. Yep, so sure. you're younger. You're thinking, OK, I've had this job for a while. I might move out to British Columbia and work there. And then, you know what? I feel like going here. And maybe as you, when you're younger, you could arguably say up until retirement age, of course, that you're a little more flexible and open minded to changes in your life. Whereas as you get older, you kind of have this stability and you kind of end up in one place. Maybe something to that. But I think sexually, first and foremost, first and foremost, it's probably sexually. I'm just trying to think outside of what it could be. None of the guys my age will do the shit I like. (laughs) (laughs) Open-minded was the number one reason that cougars say they're cougars. Number two, physical attractiveness. I would have thought that was first, to be perfectly honest. Hey, there's certain things that young guys can do a little better and longer than older guys can do. That's just a fact. Well, I would have thought that that would have fallen under physical and that would have been number one. But no, they say open-minded is one. Attractiveness is number two. And having a free spirit is ranked three. Okay. But for these cougars to have someone to date, they have to have guys that are willing to date them. This was only done in a heterosexual uh, reference, by the way. They didn't do same sex in this survey. And if they did, they didn't release it. So why would a guy want to date a woman that's at least 10 years older than him. I feel like these answers are a little more honest. The number one was they're more emotionally mature. Okay. You know, for years, we used to hear a lot of women, uh, I want to date an older guy because they've got it together. They're more mature when they get older than the guys that are my age. Do guys feel the same way? Because I don't think I've ever thought I should really look into some older women because they're more mature than the women my age. I mean, I guess it depends. It depends on your own experience and what you've been through. Maybe you've just had such shitty experiences and people who don't really want to. I don't know if you're, you don't have the, someone on the same page as you. Maybe that makes you feel like that equals the, the women I've been with are just not mature enough for me. And they're in their you know 30s and I'm in my 30s. So I got to go to an older woman. I don't know. They have more financial freedom. Yeah. Chances are they are more established. 100%. Financial freedom to buy things, go places, or just to get established. I mean, if you're older, you're statistically more likely to own a home, have your car paid off, Mm -hmm. no debt, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, there's flexibility there, right? I think that that's key. And if you feel like that's what you need in a partner, which is not, I mean, that's, kind of a little more toward the shallow end of it. But yeah, that would be something you'd consider. They're more successful at work. Okay, so are they thinking established career or he wants to date someone with a title? It's, I want to date yeah. a CEO. Yeah, someone who's experienced, has, knows what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Worth noting though, out of those three, two of them involve money, career and finances. And stability. Is there guys out there that would be looking for a sugar mama? Because there's no, there are women out there who will date an older man for the financial security. Yeah. I wonder if the same works for guys dating an older woman. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there is, there are cases of it, but I think it's more so the stability aspect of it. You know, and, and especially the world we live in now, it is harder, in all fairness, for like a 20-something to have that stability. How can you have this experience, the stability and the career at work that you want to when it's, it's been a tougher time for you to reach your way to the top? 
There's also people who want to take a stupid career path when they're young. And that might be something that makes someone want to like hit the road. Like you want to be a what for a living? And you know what I mean. You know the ones. Last question they asked is, what's the downside? What would make you not want to date someone older or much younger? Number one answer is you've got nothing in common. Yeah. I think you can always find something in common with people, can't you? You know what matters? You know what actually matters when it comes to this is what the age gap is. Because if you're saying 10 years, let's use that as an example. Sure. If you're telling me a 40-year-old man dating a 50-year-old woman, fine. You can find a lot of common ground there. 30 to a 40, 100%. And everywhere in between there. But then once you get down to like a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old, it's possible. And I know it's not the case every time. It's possible there's differences there. And then as the gap gets bigger, as we're talking like a 12-year, 13-year, 14-year gap, the person is younger, 18 to 24, let's say. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of shit that you don't have the same in common with your partner when it comes to that. Hmm. References you make, friends you have. I mean, look at the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Now, we all know she was in it for the money, probably. That's just my p- personal opinion. But she's sitting there complaining. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> she's a sewer. Look, Easy. I, I mean, she... <laughs> allegedly, in my opinion, uh, not based on anything factual, we'll put it that way, but one thing that did come up in that trial, as a good example of this, is that she was complaining to her friend, and this was a witness that was on the stand. What is she complaining about? The fact that Johnny has all his old friends over and jams out, and she's fucking bored. She doesn't have the same interests as him. She wants to do other things, but Johnny thinks a good time is that, is doing this thing over here. So that is an extreme example of what could happen once the age gap gets bigger, in my opinion. What if you do have something in common, but your friends have nothing in common? Because that's number two. Hey, if you roll with a crew that likes to uh, go clubbing on the weekends, Mm. uh, maybe the older person doesn't have friends that want to go clubbing on the weekend. Maybe they're one of those, eh, once or twice a year I'll hit a club. Listen, first of all, it's not about your friends are the ones that are going clubbing. If you're going clubbing with them, congratulations. And that is you also wanting to go clubbing. You make that choice to go. So I I wouldn't say there's anything to the friends making that choice. But maybe you don't like their friends straight up. That can be anybody. There's a lot of couples I know that they're the exact same age that hate each other's friends. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, you go have fun with your friends. I don't want anything to do with that and vice versa. And that's fine. You can make that work. Have you ever been asked, hey, do you want to go out with my friends this weekend? And had to ask, which Which friends? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. because I'm in that boat. Wait, which ones? What group are we talking here? (laughs) (laughs) And the third most common reason that people look to avoid the cougar situation is they're worried about being judged. Oh, that's real. Okay. I'll tell you why that's real. Uh, The last time my daughter was home for a visit, her and I went out for lunch. And we actually ended up just having a few drinks. I got some weird looks from people who I think thought I was out with a girl, like on a date. It was almost like it never even crossed people's minds. Oh, there's a nice dad having a drink with his daughter. They thought we were on a date. Oh, my gosh. And they were judging. You think so, eh? I I felt that. That's so messed up. But in all fairness, there's been cases where... You you might maybe, let's say, a couple enters a restaurant, and it is a couple, and they say, oh, you know, would you like to order for your daughter? And they're like, no, that's that's my girlfriend. <laughs> and, you know, they, that happens, and that's where the judgment in, comes in in general for them. Absolutely, it happens. The judginess is there. So I understand people being a little more shy and embarrassed about it. 
don't uh, don't cave to the pressure and don't judge a book by its cover. If you walk into a restaurant and see a, a good looking guy in his 40s like me <laughs> with a 20 something, it's my daughter. I'm, I'm like, fuck off. I'm out with my daughter trying to have a nice time and learn about what's going on in her life. And you're judging like that's a prick. That's too bad, though, that, that you felt that you got those looks and stuff. See, that's like it's messed up. It's none of your business. Like the- if- if I saw a couple that clearly was a couple even and they had that like difference in an age, unless I was worried that was like a teenager and this was an illegal situation, it's not my fucking business. I don't care. I don't really care. The worst of it came from the waitress. Really? Yeah. She was almost kind of like attitude-y about it. And you, I'd like a beer, please. <laughs> like, fuck off. Really? Yeah, I really felt it. It was an awkward situation. Uh, that's why I was interested to see that that made the list that... People are worried about being judged. And yeah, don't assume anything. Yeah. Well, you want to order for your daughter? No, oh, this is my wife. So or, awkward when that happens. You know, you like, know? come on. Ugh. Hey, whatever makes you happy, everybody. Um, new survey says that having 13 sexual partners makes you the ideal lover in the eyes of the opposite sex. They say that's not too many and not too few. A thousand men and women took the poll and they found that any fewer than 13 lays gives the impression that you are inexperienced, while much more could make it seem like you're just another notch on the bedpost. Forgive the old dated expression. Just over half of those said that 13 former lovers is the ideal number. 73% said someone with 18 or more was a turnoff because it made them feel less special. Oh, look how it's speaking of judgy stuff. Eh? Exactly. Th- like to me that I don't like that. That doesn't really make sense to me because it, it, let's say it was 13 and that's the magic number. That could be f- like 10 of those could have been a one night stand quickie and you could have been a shit person. Like you could have been very, very shitty mm-hmm. and selfish in bed. But oh, that's all it takes. Is that much? Oh, as long as it's 13. That sounds good. Who, who wants that number to be high? And I know this is speaking from someone who's been in a long-term relationship. Okay? Some people do want that number high. Really? Yeah. I just, okay. I, the, I just, that's not my world. Okay. I don't get that. I don't get it. Cause I think even if I was single now and I was looking for someone and then I found out somehow that they were with a lot of people and I'm not judging someone who's been with that many or more, but I feel like it would be like, Oh yeah. I, I don't know. It, that seems like an odd number to me. That seems big. That doesn't make you think like, Oh, wow. He's, He's popular. No, oh. no. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking like loyal. I'm thinking or un- not loyal. I'm thinking player. I'm thinking a bunch of things. Okay. But in all fairness, though, there's a lot of people who prefer that high number specifically because of that. The theory being once you've been with enough, you're ready to settle down. If you're just mm, if you're just in it for the sex, I understand why oh, this is this all makes sense to me. But if you're into a relationship, it shouldn't matter at all. That's my problem. Hmm. If you want to get a ton of phone calls, mention that you have the... Oh, hang on. (laughs) A big old dick? Is that what you're about to say? (laughs) Uh, 13 is... Dare I ask? Is that high or is that low? You know what? I think it does matter. Like, I don't know. It uh, it matters. Maybe it matters. Does it matter how old you are? I'll put the question out there first. Does it matter how old you are when you're answering that question? Let's say 30. 30 years old, you've had 13 previous partners. It, it sounds high to me. I'm just being honest with you. It sounds high to me. Yes, it does. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, oh, it does. Okay. It sounds like you've been, you've had a lot of, you've, you've had a lot of fun and I have many questions if we're getting serious about it. Well, let's talk about what constitutes actually having a lover. What did you have to do for it to be one of your counts? You- oh, okay. So does it have to go in? Is that your question? <laughs> <laughs> to it was something? just the tip. How knock did, it down to twelve. Or does anything have to go in anything? Is that what we count? I I don't know what that would be. I really don't. But there's in, a lot of intimacy that doesn't involve sex, so maybe they would count that too. I don't know. Well, after you have wrapped up a relationship, quote unquote, then they're the they're your ex. Two out of three people still have an item from a previous relationship, even if they're married now. <gasps> You know, I think that's fucked up. I know. You hate this. I hate it. You hate it so much. Kat, for those who don't know, maybe you're a new listener to After 9. Welcome. Kat thinks that when a relationship's done, it's done. Move on. Go your separate ways. If there's no actual good reason for you to stay in touch, you don't even need to stay in touch. Don't. Am I articulating that fairly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, when it's done, it's done. You know, and, and if you are still hanging out with that person... And you're in a new relationship and you're still seeing them in any in any capacity unless there's a forced situation. Perhaps you you have a great job and you happen to date this person and it was casual and you're stuck together. There's very few circumstances to me that I'm like, OK, whatever. Aside from that, stop talking to them. Why do you follow them on Facebook? Why are you looking at their Instagram? Move on. And if you're not doing any of those things and you're still friends and you're hanging out with them or you're looking them up online constantly or you're friends with them and you're chatting with them on Messenger or whatever the fuck it is, there's a reason for it. You're not over it. 65% still have something that belonged to their ex or a gift that their ex gave them. How many people right now are doing an inventory in their head? Oh, oh, there's that. Who did I get that from? Yeah, I probably do. But not because I kept it because I wanted the the sentimental value out of it. It's just useful. It it was useful, (laughs) practical. Yeah, that's different. I kind of wanted one. I mean, that's different. I'm talking more like, hey, you have a treasure box of things from your relationship. Why? This why? is the first letter they wrote me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? And I'm not saying you have to sit there and have a big campfire like they do in the movies. Like, let's burn all this shit. Fuck that guy. Like, but why do you have it? Just ask yourself why you have it. The most common memento from a previous relationship that people keep are love letters. 50%. Photos. 46%. Jewelry. 43%. It's weird to me that love letters are number one because those are probably the first thing that should go. If the relationship's Mm -hmm. over and it's not like on hold or on pause or we're going to go our separate ways for a little while and maybe find our way back to each other. Not like that. If you break up with somebody, chuck the letters. Photos, that, I'll put an asterisk on it. No, you probably don't need to keep those photos. But maybe it's a photo of you, your ex, and... Maybe you met Drake outside Rogers Center. I don't want to throw away the picture of Drake just because my ex is in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's that. And also, we're all guilty of it. We've all got a shit ton of photos on our phone that we don't need. We never go back and look at them. It's just not something that we think to do to go back and clean out our photos folder. It doesn't happen very often. So that one could be an accident. Jewelry's a tough one. Because I'm going to guess that you probably like the jewelry or it's not worth getting rid of it because you won't get much for it if you try and pawn it and you can't give it away. Maybe it's your wedding ring. Maybe it's an engagement ring. Those things are pretty valuable. I don't blame you for not wanting to get rid of it, but I also think, though, that after a 
uh, an engagement, for example, gets broken up before the wedding, you should give back the engagement ring. Sure. It's just me. Yeah. But, but I think you should. It's sentimental. Like to me still, like rings, why? Why are you keeping it? I don't get it. More than four in 10 admit they have more than one item from a past relationship. On the other hand, we're less likely to hang on to an ex's exercise equipment. Only 16% still have that. That's random. Well, it depends what it is. If they just had a big clunky pile of weights in your garage, yeah. fuck it. Get rid of it. If they had a Peloton, those things are pretty valuable. <laughs> but again, those are useful things, though. It's not like there's nothing sentimental to it. So who cares? Furniture. Only one in five kept the other person's furniture. No. All right. Well, furniture is not exactly easy to move unless you call them and say, sorry, we broke up and things didn't work out. Can you help me get rid of this? Can you help me hold this credenza? (laughs) (laughs) Only 18% say they kept a pet from a previous relationship. That's the toughest one. The pet's a tough one. The pet's a tough one. And whenever we've had this conversation about attempting to make it work with an ex and a pet, we've we've told you guys about our, our own like friends we have that attempted this. I, I still don't get it, but there's a lot of people who have managed to successfully do it. And I mean, aside from kids, by the way, I think all of this, we should just put an asterisk on. We're not talking about people who have kids in a relationship because I understand a dog going back and forth. Right. Um, but I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, there's a lot of women out there, cat, who would probably like to have uh, breast augmentation surgery, but it's too expensive and that prevents it. And, and that doesn't just apply to breast augmentation. It could be any number of procedures and things like that. Hell, uh, there's people who'd love to have LASIK, but they just can't afford it. So sure. they'll continue to wear glasses or contacts. Yep. But specifically when it comes to a boob job, a surgeon over in Russia who has taken it upon himself to try and build a little bit of national pride. Be proud of the fact that you're Russian. (laughs) Is offering a fantastic deal on breast implants that are Russian theme. You can now express your support for the war in Ukraine with a new line of patriotic breast implants. Moscow cosmetic surgeon Yevgeny Dobreskin has re- I'm proud of myself for pronouncing that oh, the way yeah. I did. I thought that was pretty fucking good, good. Good, Has received a flood of interest in his custom designs. He has a promo video that shows a model who says the implants make her feel like a patriot even when she's naked. That's despite the fact that he claims in the same clip not to have carried out any of the actual surgeries yet. But what he's promising is a boob job with Russian design, Russian flag implants. So they're on the inside of your tits anyway? Like nobody sees them. Well, this is what I'm trying to understand. Uh, it's just like on the other side of the silicone bag, there's like a flag design? That sounds like I have questions. Has that been approved by the health authorities there? I don't know. Do you trust the health authorities in Russia? No. The surgeon said he wanted to appeal to the mood of patriotism linked to the war with Ukraine. He says real patriots will be able to choose the model closer to their hearts, literally and figuratively. Their unique coding is absolutely safe and has passed all necessary tests. Okay. We thought that such patriotic themes would be something new and fresh. Strength is not only in truth, but also in beauty. Okay, now you're going a little far. Is he just naming the size of the bags after different things? For, like I'm confused here. Or is there actually like a marking on the bag? That's a great question. I think it's almost kind of like a, a brand. 
it's almost like these are your your, your Russian titties and <laughs> <laughs> your patriot tits. Ah! Patriot, you're a patriot tit. Now, if you look in the mirror, are you going to see anything that's obviously Russian? That part I don't understand. Like, does he put like a a little hammer and sickle there on the nipple or yeah, what? Like does he can't. like tattoo the flag onto your uh, boob? No. I don't know. You can't do that. But it's free. But it's free. And so, well, sorry. Well, free or low cost. Nope. Nope. Sorry. It is free. Nope. It's not. Sorry. It, <laughs> well, I'm trying to read through the fine print in this offer and half of it's in Russian, of which I don't speak. Yeah, they're going to tell you, too. Free what? Free what? A sticker when you leave. Free Thanks a, for the 10000 to $20,000. Free consultation. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, a couple of quick stories I want to tell you about one of my favorite things. Stupid criminals. hmm So the first one is an impaired driving story. It's from Evansville, Indiana, which I'm shocked that this happened. I've actually been there, and it's a lovely little town. Police say they started getting 911 calls on Monday afternoon about an SUV driving erratically on the highway. It crashed into the median. That crash caused a flat tire. The car started to smoke. And the driver kept going. Even when the tire fell off the vehicle, the driver was still going. He eventually stopped at an unplanned destination. He pulled over when he saw a car dealership. Witnesses say he appeared to be, and I quote, super drunk. The employees say he was trying to sell the dealership (laughs) his car. Smoke and everything? It was actually smoking and had three tires because he just crashed into a median with it. Did they say what the car dealership was? They didn't say. They're probably embarrassed, that poor car. Could you imagine working at a car dealership? And then, oh, up on the car. Oh, there's someone coming. Whoa, the car's smoking. Where's the, where's the fourth wheel? <laughs> the guy comes out of the car. Yeah, you guys sell cars. You want to buy mine? I'll just, I'll just get, I'll take any of these ones. I don't care which one. You can have that. It's easy peasy. I'll, I'll get the keys to that one. You just take that one. And he's probably trying to do all the features too, but it's got Bluetooth. Well, it's good. It's, it's fine. Got an ox still, cord. It's still work. The windows still go up and down. It's fine. <laughs> What an idiot. The police showed up and they identified the driver as 30-year-old Jordan Mattingly. He is the son of Miami Marlins manager Don Mattingly. Oh, fuck. That's even worse. Former New York Yankee. His dad calls him like, you could have just asked me for a fucking car, you idiot. Okay, but isn't that the first thing that you think of? You hear somebody who is obviously very well off. Yeah. Gets a DUI. I know. There's just no fucking excuse there, for it. There's no excuse no matter what. There's no excuse no matter what. But how embarrassing that now his name is published in this article because of his son's idiocy. Yep. Unbelievable. By the way, he was drinking a White Claw at the time of the crash. Officers say Jordan smelled of alcohol and almost fell down several times during the sobriety oh test. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Can I tell you though, the sobriety test is something that scares me. Because I have, uh, for like 13 years now, a really bad ankle injury, and I never got it fixed. And I fall down sometimes, too, when I'm perfectly sober. I wouldn't want to take that. I'd end up in the fucking bin. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not drunk. I just have a, no ligaments or tendons in my left ankle. That's the problem. They'll probably here. do a backup. They probably do a backup test. Are you ever going to get that looked at? 
Thank you. Like you asked it. You've done. I haven't been asked like that in like a day and a half. It's not like, <laughs> who bugs you about it the most? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Mom. Yeah. Mom's Mom does. another one. Yeah. Now sister is starting to pile on. If she gets older, it's yeah. a real pain in the ass. Well, just go do it. Is yeah. that what they say to you too? Well, just go just make the appointment and then well, you'll be done. Oh, just have uh, surgery that'll have you off your feet for six months. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's only a boot for two years. Who cares? Oh. Is it really that intense? Is it really that intense? What they've told me is to fix it, they have to uh, basically redo the, the tendons that hold the, the ankle this way, the left-right motion. They've got to fuse it to the bone. And that'll require me to be completely immobile for like eight weeks and then continue to walk in a boot when I go out or do anything for like eight weeks after that. It's a long procedure. Oh, and they also said that uh, I've been working on my right ankle here, working that in nicely like a good old baseball glove for like 40 years. The other one, it would be brand new. So I'm still going to be a little off kilter. It's not a perfect thing. If I gave you two different elastics and one was used and one was brand new, they wouldn't work the same. And he said, that's the same thing with your ankle. Having said that, if you're a surgeon that wants to operate on a celebrity ankle, I'm kidding. I'm not a celebrity. We can call you Bootman after that for a while. It'd be a fun little nickname, no? Well, it wouldn't even be that bad if they would come up with a boot that doesn't look so obviously like a boot. Like that thing they put on your foot that looks like a goddamn anchor. Why? Really? We've come so far in so many different ways. You look like you're about to go up in Elon Musk's rocket with that thing. We can put a man on the moon, but we can't get a boot that I can pull a suit pant down over? Come on. Fuck off. Somebody get working on that in the orthotics department. In any case, he blew three and a half times the legal limit. Oh, loser. He was right that's, drunk. That's too bad, you know? Last one. Uh... I assume when you go to jail, you spend a serious amount of time reflecting on why you're in jail. I would think. They usually purposely give you some time to do that. Unless you're a career criminal and you know, I'll probably be back in here sooner than later anyway. (laughs) No. A guy in Nevada was released from jail last Saturday night. He stole a car. They let him out of jail. They said, all right, get out of here. Scram. You're free. Kind of like you're releasing a raccoon back into the wild. Get, get. Get (laughs) this 21 year old got out of jail and he looked around and he saw all that freedom and thought, well, how the hell am I going to get home? He tried to steal another car from the jail parking lot. Right. Did he like it in there? Is that why? (laughs) Like, was he like, or maybe it was one of these, like, you know what? The food isn't as bad as they say. I could, I could go for another round of meatloaf night. This is a guy who got arrested twice in 24 hours for stealing That's a car. Stupid. You know what I learned this morning when we were talking about this earlier is that he, around these parts at least, um, and I th- if I'm not mistaken, Canada, but I could be wrong, but at least around here, when they release you, they take you to the bus station so you're not loitering around the jail. They'll take you direct there or, f- or figure out where you're going and arrange a ride and make sure that you actually get a ride to where you, sh- where you should be so you're not just chilling around the jail. Stealing cars, for example. Well, in this case, the Washoe County Sheriff said that this man was caught in the parking lot inside a vehicle that didn't belong to him. So they rearrested him. The sheriff is reminding all citizens, and this is a good reminder for all of us as well, lock your doors when your vehicle is unoccupied and remove all valuables from the view of would-be thieves, even if you're parked in a jail. You know, that's a really good, what an idiot though. That's a really good reminder any old time. It really is. I, the thefts have been insane lately. 
and I know there's a lot of areas, a lot of neighborhoods where this has happened, but it's so bad right now. Watch yourself, friends. And on that, we will say thank you, everybody. Tomorrow's election day. Tomorrow we'll we'll go on the record. We'll make some predictions, and I'll. I don't know. My prediction's either going to look brilliant or completely stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't mind making one, though. Well, we'll do that tomorrow right here on After 9. We'll also have a bunch of other things to talk about. And we'll have some fun just a day away from the first weekend of June. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thousands of flights were canceled over the weekend because of COVID and other issues. But the airline said that most passengers who got delayed were booked on later flights, which, you know, it's fine, but here's where this is not fair, because when we try to change a flight, even when we have COVID, there's a fee for making a change. There's a penalty. You have to pay like 200 bucks. Shouldn't it go the other way too? I do charge a fee for any changes. That's my policy. (laughs) And I'll take your credit card number when you're ready. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.